Hi friends, welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my new friend, Susie Trake Trucker. She's a mindset coach, motivational speaker, and writer empowering women to lead authentically into their imperfect, beautiful lives and love themselves here. Today, Susie and I are talking about mindset around our bodies and our emotional health around our bodies as women and as moms and how sometimes when we are having um, mindsets that aren't serving us and serving our bodies, how we can shift our mindset to be more positive and to have a better outlook on all of the amazing things that our body does for us. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen, and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. I'm so excited that we connected and then we found out that we have like mutual friends and all this stuff. And it's just amazing how sometimes I always think that you find people that you are meant to find in the perfect timing. And I feel like you are for sure one of those people. I agree with you 100%. When we connected in the DMs through Instagram, we just hit it off and it felt very timely um, because I went and listened to your podcast after we started talking and so much of what you say here and have shared with moms in your um, postpartum journey really resonated with me. So definitely I feel like the timing was, was ample. Yeah. Oh, that makes my heart feel so happy. Cause sometimes I always think as an Enneagram three, I'm very like goal oriented and like always kind of look at the numbers. But my friend Madison has been like, you got to stop looking at the numbers. And I was like, you're right. As long as the episode touches one person, like whatever it was supposed to be out there for, that's the reason that it was there. So that makes me feel so happy that you were, you were the person that that an episode was meant for. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. All right. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you became an entrepreneur in motherhood? 
Yeah. Okay. So I am a mindset coach. I am a motivational speaker and a writer. And my journey to entrepreneurhood um, actually was, you know, inspired by being a mom. Um, when I, I have two children, I have a nine-year-old and a, five, a six-year-old. Sorry, she just turned six this year, this week. Pause. She just turned six this week. Um, so when they were little, when they were tinies, my dream was to be a stay-at-home mom and blog. So that was right when blogging was coming out um, and becoming a thing. And all I wanted to do was be home with my babes and then blog on the side as a hobby. I was actually a teacher. I taught elementary school for 12 years and I was getting really burned out as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started blogging on the side when my son was six months old. And so I've been doing a blog on the side of motherhood and whatever job I was in, um, for, for years now, but, um, I was burned out in teaching and had an opportunity fall into my lap to work in the wine industry. And I still did teaching in a, in a sense, because I trained wine industry professionals in sales. And so I loved that job. It was light and easy and fun. I got to travel to wine countries all around the, um, the United States. But soon into that job, a couple years in, this heart tug of writing and blogging kind of resurfaced. And um, while I really enjoyed that job, I really wanted to focus on writing and being more flexible with, you know, my kids and being able to be there mm -hmm. um, for them. So I started just Insta blogging again. Uh, I had, I had let my blog go, but I started my new Insta blog, which I just did under my name is Susie Trigg Tucker. And this time I was going through some personal things, which we'll touch on in a second. And so I just started sharing very vulnerably where I was. And in that, um, the, as the more that I did that, the louder this heart tug came, became. And so when the opportunity present, presented itself for me to venture out on my own, um, I went for it. And it was the literal scariest thing that I've ever done. But all along, I really felt guided to this. I really tried to be real present and connect to my intuition, or you'll hear me call that heart tugs. Mm -hmm. And I really allowed myself to be guided through this and feel really protected by God and, and just, you know, followed this path. So I started my business. And when I started, I just was writing, I was blogging. I was trying to get motivational speaking gigs, just applying to like, you know, emailing people for mops and different mm -hmm. groups and doing it for free. And as I kept sharing my story and as I kept, you know, becoming vulnerable, I found a life coach that I worked with through to work on some things that I was going through. And it was like, wow, I want to do this. I want to be able to help people and connect with them. And I think I can do this. And so my life coach at the time helped me figure out how to make a business out of coaching. And so I'm still doing speaking and I'm working on my coaching business. Um, and I have the best of both worlds right now, you know, the flexibility to create my own schedule and work toward my really big dream, but be a really present mom and 
um, be able to be here for my kids. So I love that. And how fun to be in the wine business. <laughs> I have a fun. friend who also does that. She's like a wine lady and it's through a company and it is so fun to go to her parties and like learn all about the wine stuff, but we could go down a rabbit hole about that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a super fun job. I loved it while I had it for sure. Yeah. But I love how you also touched on there that you just started Instagram blogging. Cause a lot of times people think like I had to have a whole website and a logo and a blog and all this stuff to start when no, just use the free social media platforms that you have to just start writing and getting your stuff out there. So people are listening. Exactly. I mean, when you have a goal of just writing or sharing your heart that when that is your goal, I think you're right. People want to start when the time feels right because they have the logo, the, you know, the uh, website, et cetera. But really what I found in my mindset work is that's just our mind giving us excuses not to start because we are scared. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you are listening to this and you have a heart tug to share your, you know, passion, start an Instagram account. Um, and just do it now. Now is the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can get on a tangent about that. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother episode. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So I'm so excited for us to dive in today that we're going to talk about body, body positivity and the mental things that go around that. Because I think as moms, we know that moms struggle with this. Um, as women, we struggle with it throughout our whole life. But for me personally, and I feel like I know that I'm not alone in this, that um, my body and having positivity around that since having kids has totally changed because things happened to my body and my body didn't go back in ways that you just always thought like, oh, I'll have babies and my body will go back and it'll be fine and I'll be like Victoria's Secret Supermodel. Yeah. And that was not the case for me. Um, right. Me neither. So... Um, <laughs> And I know that's just a lot of women. And so I'm excited to kind of hear you in the mindset work and the coaching and the advice that you have on this topic. So um, why don't you just kind of give us a dive in and just kind of give us a little overview of, of, of body positivity and what it means. Sure. So this is actually when I said, when I mentioned earlier that I was, I started my Insta blogging while I was going through some stuff, I was actually in therapy for body image issues. And I was struggling at the time and have lifelong, had lifelong struggled with uh, body image issues and disordered eating, particularly binge eating. And so that is what I started sharing. Um, so I want to give you a little bit of a of background about mm -hmm. my experience with body image and how having children and bouncing back from pregnancy or lack thereof bouncing back, yeah. <laughs> um, has, has actually moved me in the opposite direction of where I've been most of my life. So I had these lifelong issues with body image and disordered eating, binge eating in particular. And when I got pregnant with my, my son, who's my oldest, I adopted this free for all mentality. So I just, you know, for once in my life, felt like I didn't have to restrict because I was always in a diet cycle at some point in my life before I had him. And so when I got pregnant, I really used it to, you know, just have fun. I ate whatever I wanted and really, really, truly took advantage of that, you know, 
kind of free for all mentality. And I gained 70 pounds with him and had a lot of issues with my blood pressure and a very unhealthy pregnancy. Um, and when I had him, I then, you know, my body was so different and I just thought I, I really blamed myself so much for not only gaining that much weight during pregnancy, but really, you know, going for eating everything and not exercising and that kind of thing. So once I had him and got the clear to start eating, you know, dieting and, and exercising, I really jumped two feet back into diet culture. I even took diet pills after I had him when I was finished breastfeeding and I was always on a diet and I was over exercising and I didn't lose I did lose all of the weight plus some, but my body of course still looked very different, right? My stomach looked different. You know, we, we all know moms know yeah. what's different after the babies. So, um, then I, a couple of years later got pregnant with my daughter and this time around, I knew that I didn't want to gain all of that weight and be unhealthy in my pregnancy. So I was a little more mindful about how I ate during pregnancy and didn't gain as much weight and had a much healthier pregnancy. And at that time, once I had her is when I started to just be really cognizant of the fact that I had a really messed up relationship with food and with my body. And now I was having a little girl and that felt like a catalyst to really start paying attention to things. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I never wanted her to hear me speak, you know, badly about myself about my body. And I didn't ever want her to go through the struggles that I had gone through. So when I had her, I started being more conscious, but what I've learned as a mindset coach and looking back on my experience, the stories that I had about my body were so deeply ingrained in my brain mm -hmm. that even though I was starting to pull back a little bit and look at what was happening with my relationship with food and my body, it was really hard to unwire. So I continued to, it wasn't as bad as like it had been in the rest of my life where I was in a diet culture, I wouldn't say, but I started like experimenting with healthier options, like the whole 30. And I learned how to eat sort of in a paleo way, but then I, my brain was really tricking me and I was still sort of using that as a diet. So it was like, well, I'm eating healthier now. I'm not eating processed food, but I was still restricting myself for way longer than 30 days and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, when my daughter was one, she was really sick and because she was born with a cleft palate, which we didn't know about um, when I was pregnant. So that was a surprise. At that time, I had just gotten the wine job and I was also traveling every single month. And we were building our house on our own. So we were living under my grandma's roof because we had sold our house, moved in with her. And my husband was literally on the side of his nine to five job building our home. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so not like you weren't busy or anything with the baby. No, no. <laughs> it was, I don't know. It was one of those times that as a woman and as a mother, you look back and think, wow, I don't know how. I survived that. Mm -hmm. um, but stress was at an all time high and I was really turning to food. Um, I was really binging at an all time high. And of course, binging is in private. So no one ever knew this. Of course, you know, I was never doing this in front of my children or anyone else. And it became just such a, such a spiral of shame every time that I did it. 
And one day I just hit rock bottom with it. And I knew that what I was doing to my body was not okay. Um, and I knew that what was inside of me was so much stress and shame and it was pouring out of me and seeping out of me. So I wasn't showing up as a, as the, as the mom I wanted to show up as or the wife I wanted to show up as. And I definitely wasn't taking good care of myself. So I wasn't showing up as Susie's caretaker well mm-hmm. at all. Um, so I decided to get, you know, ask for help. I knew I couldn't go on without asking for help. And so I did. And that's when therapy and mindset work came into play for me. Um, I started seeing a therapist and we really dug into the body image issues and the disordered eating. And she turned me on to reading Brene Brown. And I was also at the time a severe perfectionist. So I, um, my first mindset book that I ever read was Brene Brown, um, Gifts of Imperfection. And there was something in me that just, it felt like she wrote that book about me. Mm-hmm. And I started going down the, the personal growth and mindset um, rabbit hole and studying everything I could get my hands on. And so I really started my mindset work with, with changing my mindset about my body and my relationship with food. And I started to have acceptance for my body and love for my body and started working on my relationship with food from a place of respect. Mm. Because when we are trying to change our body image, if we have an image of our body where we think that we're horrible and disgusting and it's, you know, self, self-loathing and hatred, we can't go from that to I love my body. Everything is great. I'm beautiful. It's just unrealistic. So a lot of times people will say, you know, try positive affirmations. And while I definitely think they can work, that you have to use them correctly because if you're going from that, if you're jumping from, I can't stand my body to I am beautiful, you actually don't believe it. And then it can backfire on you and you just feel shame for why isn't this tool working for me? Mm. I just find a lot of this all so interesting and so relatable. And I hope that other moms are finding it relatable, especially as you talk just about that sometimes we all have body issues before we become pregnant and then you become pregnant. And it almost, for me at least, I felt like it just amplified some of the things because like you said, you get pregnant or you gain a whole bunch of weight. Or for me, I got preeclampsia after I delivered So even after I delivered my baby, Turner, who is my oldest, I swelled so bad that I couldn't barely put my husband's clothes on and like his own sweats and like sweatshirt. And so like, um, that like plays the whole thing. And then your body just stretches even more, but then how you come back to the part of like remembering having the respect of that, like my body literally kept me alive when I could have stroked out or like kept, um, Turner, I was on modified bed rest from very early on, like 24 weeks, my pregnancy, cause he turned down and was pushing on my cervix. And so like my body held him in all the way past 40 weeks, you know, it was like, we were trying to keep him in and then it's like, okay, body, like you can do your job and let him (laughs) go, but it didn't want to. But I just loved how you, um, touched on that, that sometimes we forget to respect the fact of like what our body has carried not only like does it carry life but like carried us in playing sports and doing a lot of hard things that we don't always think like oh I should 
like thank my body and be thankful that that God made my body in a way that it can do things. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thought that I clung to when I was changing my relationship with my body. It, it was that the exact thought was my body has shown up for me and my children mm-hmm. and my body has shown up for me every single day of my life. And it has carried both of my children and safely delivered them here. And it's time for me to start respecting my body. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it in that way and thought, man, I've put my body through some stuff with the way that I've treated it, you know, and it's really time for me to start showing up for my body in the way that it has shown up for me. And that thought was what I call a bridge thought. It is how it's what I clung to every time that I started to go down the rabbit hole of, oh, you know, I don't look the same as I used to, or I'll never look the same as I used to after pregnancy. That is the thought I replaced it with. And Mm. when you really feel that, when you really think that, you know, when you come from a place of respect for your body and you have feelings of respect for your body, it's really hard to then act in a way that disrespects it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to go binge eat or, um, you know, just, do things that are not respectful to your body when you really truly feel respectful of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, so like what advice do you have for people that are maybe feeling the way that you feel or we feel it's not just a you, it's a we yeah. or all of us, you know, that there's sometimes I think that um, as moms, we think we're alone in the way that we feel when in reality, none of us are alone in anything. There's someone else that feels the same way that we do. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that that is what I have discovered in doing the work that I'm doing is that we all have different stories, but women, um, a lot of women feel this way. And whether you are in a size two body or a size 18 body or whatever your weight number is, women have insecurity about their body um, and especially mothers. So um, for anyone who's listening, who finds himself relating who finds himself stuck in a diet mentality or recognizing that they're constantly, their thoughts are constantly shaming their body. I really encourage you to, to actually dig into this and to really spend some time with it. And I know that thinking about your relationship with your body or body image feels uncomfortable for us as moms um, and women, and it feels hard. And um, I like to think of it as a, like, relating to an example of if you go get a massage and the masseuse like gets in a tender spot and you really want her to avoid that. And you may tell her like, ouch, that hurts. But a lot of times she'll say to you, well, that actually means that that needs the most work. The tender spots are the ones that really need to be worked out the most. And so, um, I, I encourage you to pay attention to those thoughts. If you're having those shaming thoughts about yourself Everything that I teach about thought work um, is because our thoughts create our results. So if you are constantly spinning out in your thoughts about your body or anything, actually, your results are going to feel the same. You're going to look at your results of your body and feel sporadic and inconsistent with them. So I recommend that you begin with identifying how your self-talk is. Check it. How are you speaking to yourself in your brain? Um, and then know that those are just thoughts and thoughts are just sentences that you form inside your brain. 
They're not your truth. I often hear my clients tell me like, I can't control my thoughts, but really we can control our thoughts. The first step is just to see them because we are so accustomed to them. They just seem like they're second nature. But the first step is stopping, looking at, oh, I see what's happening here. I'm, I'm having a thought and see them without judgment. And that is the most important part. It's simple, but it's not easy. Um, but that's the most important part because, you know, we've judged ourselves enough. So when you're digging into this work, start with a process that's fresh and and with eyes of love and grace for yourself and think of yourself as how you would, you know, handle this if this was your child, because mm. it is really your inner child, how you would never speak to your child that way. That was actually one of the big ways that helped me stop speaking to myself that way is thinking about how that would feel if I was speaking to my child that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really recommend that you just pay attention to those thoughts. Um, and then once you learn to just say, oh, okay, this is a thought I'm having, then you can start replacing it with another thought, a better thought, like I respect my body and I'm going to show up for my body and that kind of thing. And when you, when you, and then you can go to the next thought. So every thought that you can, every positive, you know, more positive thought or thought in a more positive direction, once you really grasp that, you can move on to another one. And that's the process of, of loving yourself and loving yourself here, which is my tagline. It means love yourself right here today where you are. Um, and that goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. When you're waiting for that perfect time to start the business or start the Instagram page, or you're waiting for the perfect time or the perfect size to love your body, it starts right here in the shoes you're wearing today. Mm-hmm. And when you can have that self-love, then you'll find yourself having the desired life that you dream of. Yes. Like that is that end part could be like its whole own quote card. Like it is it's hundred percent, like just do it in today. I'd love to go back to, you kind of mentioned how, um, you think to yourself, like, I would never talk to my kids the way that I talk to my own body. And um, my friend and I were actually just having this conversation this last weekend talking about the things that we think about our body. I would never, ever say to my best friend either. And never would I let her say that out loud to herself. And sometimes like we just have to remind ourselves that. And um, sometimes we get negative people in our life who don't think, you know, they think the negative things that then get into our head and how important it is to, um, find the people that are going to be positive around your self image and to help you mentally, because it is, it's so important because whatever we say out loud, our kids also hear. Yes. So I know like I'm, I know I think the things in my head and I maybe say them to my husband, but I do a huge thing of not to say them in front of my sons because I also want my sons to know that someday after they have kids, their wife's body will not be whatever perfect body maybe it was before or, you know, however it was that it changes and you have to love um, your wife for who she is and not just her body. But um, I also know like with my boys, I'm really conscious and, and it's interesting. I'm conscious of other people saying stuff. Mm -hmm. about them and making sure that, you know, either I stop it or, you know, but it's even just simple stuff. And 
I think after, like you said, once you kind of start doing the work for yourself, you realize how important it is to set your kids up for that, to say like, Hey, like if you like your hair that way and that's how you want it, that's okay. Like it doesn't matter if someone else thinks that your hair is too long and it's in your eyes. Like you like it and you think you look like a surfer dude. So boy, like go for it. Cause that's happy. I Um, love have you ever heard, um, I don't know where I heard this, but I use it with my kids all of the time with kids calling them names. So, um, you know, like you, your hair looks ugly to your example or your, you know, you are fat or whatever the insult would be. Um, and I asked my kids, I'm like, is your hair blue? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so are you upset that someone calls your hair blue if it's not blue? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? And they're like, cause that's not the truth. And I'm like, try to take that example to anything else and teach our children from, you know, from the minute that we can start communicating in, in words with them that their worth and their value is intrinsic and that no one else gets to define that. That is not their truth. And people will try to say things like that. Kids can be mean to each other. And I know that as moms, we've all experienced our children coming to us with hurt feelings about something that another child has said to them. Mm -hmm. And um, we're so, you know, I know like maybe my mom or grandmother, they're quick to do the whole like words don't hurt. And I'm like, actually (laughs) they really hurt a lot. So let's just acknowledge this and know that we don't, like it's all inside and it's about how we think about ourselves. And so I'm huge on having my kids write their own truth and know what their truth is inside. So when someone does come along and try to knock them down, because that's going to happen that they, they're pretty secure in their truth. Mm, I love that. That is such a great, great, just great idea and great thoughts, especially as some people are going back into school and, you know, getting back into that whole social thing with kids is that's a great thing to have your kids write their truth. Yeah. Um, So I would love for you to share if you have any examples of um, ways as women and moms that if we are feeling really down on our bodies, I know you've touched on some, but if you had any other ones that are just some good like tools that we can pull out of our back pocket to be like, I'm having a real bad day and my diastasis is way open in the middle of my stomach. And so I look pregnant again today, even though I'm not, you know, like it's, (laughs) it's those things. Like you start, like you said, you go down the rabbit hole and then here we go. Like how do we pull ourselves or stop ourselves from that? I believe that thought work is the answer every single time because we we everything we do as human beings is driven by a feeling that we want to have. So when we are feeling down on ourselves about the example you just gave, feeling shame about that, we need to first identify how do I want to feel right now? Mm-hmm. I want to feel respectful of my body. I want to feel, you know, joyful in my body. So first identify the feeling that you want to have. And then from there, you need to back up and think about what kind of thoughts would someone who feels joyful about their body have right now and really look for those thoughts. And the reason it's, I say it's thought work is because this is work. It is a practice. It's not something that's a magic bullet, like, you know, all the thousands of diets that we've tried before. It's not a magic bullet, but it is magical if you really put in the intention. So my advice would be when you're having one of those times, when you're having one of those days, know that you can have an immediate feeling change if you take 
you know, five minutes of your time, which I know that's golden to mamas, but even if, you know, you can sit down with your, you know, baby while they're watching a show or something and just pull out a piece of paper while they're watching, they can be in your lap to do this, or it could just even be in your thoughts. But you think I identify that I'm feeling shame right now. I'm feeling disappointment in my body right now because Brene Brown says shame can't survive the light. And I'm probably misquoting, that's not her exact quote, but that's the gist of it. And that's the truth. So when we name our feeling, I'm feeling shame about how my body looks right now. I'm feeling disappointed about how my body looks right now. Then we can go, okay, well, I don't want to feel shame about my body because I, you know, that, right? You want to feel love about your body or you want to feel um, joy or respect. So then right then think, what thoughts do I need to have? I need to have thoughts of this body you know, woke up this morning and fed my baby. This body woke up this morning and, you know, walked, um, a mile or if I, here's a big one that I use all the time with myself. If I ask my body and anyone out there listening can use this example right now, imagine Michelle, you imagine this too. Okay. (laughs) If you asked your body right this moment to walk out of the front door and run as fast around the block as it possibly could, your body would do that for you. Now mm-hmm. you're wa- you're running as fast as it could around the block, maybe a dead sprint. It may be that you could run for you know a few seconds and then you'd have to stop and walk. It may be that you could only do a fast walk, or maybe you could just do a slow walk, or maybe if you're different abled, you just use your arms to you know use a wheelchair. Whatever your body's capability is, your body will do that for you. And I don't know about you, but it always, when I give that example, just gives me goosebumps because it's like, wow, yeah, incredible, right? So what thoughts do you need to have to achieve the feeling you want with your body? Mm, that is so good. And even like, as you're talking, I'm like thinking, what other things have I asked my body to do that I haven't acknowledged? Like birthing our kids. Like we don't act, like we just assume our body will do it. And how amazing that our body does it because it knows that that's what needs to happen right now. Exactly. Um, So that, I mean, to, to your point, I think that's a great exercise is somewhere in your, you know, notes on your phone or in your journal, write down the thoughts when you're in a good space, write down the thoughts that you have that, that are respectful or that bring you joy about your body. That way, when you have those days, you can pull that out. And I promise you, it, some days it may take longer than others, but I promise you, if you put intention into those 10, 15, however many minutes it takes, you will feel a shift in energy. You mm-hmm. will. It does take intention, but you will. And yeah. you can. Yeah. I love that. Or even, um, I'm just adding on now to your ideas. Yeah, as you, please do. Uh, I, Britt Piper is another great mindset person. And one of her things that she teaches is you actually like physically write a letter to your body and thank your body for all of the things that it's done and has mm-hmm. taken you through. And you put it in an envelope and you just write like to my body and put a stamp on it. And she's like, I don't know where the mailman takes them, but he takes all the letters <laughs> I write to my body I love or, you know, or to my mind or whatever to help you then like that you actually wrote it out in words and you gave it it's away. It's in the, yeah, there's something so powerful about getting the thoughts out of your brain 
onto a piece of paper or out, you know, in a conversation to a friend. And another, you know, going along with that example, another thing you can do is phone a friend because I think the idea is getting the thoughts out. Mm -hmm. Remember when I was saying Brene's, you know, her saying about shame can't stand the light. When we bring those feelings to light, then they really start to diminish. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And and the other thing I want to say is it's, it's kind of a tagline that I use is, just thinking about the body that grew you. And so it goes along with everything we've been talking about that. Think about your body as a child when you went through all the scrapes or you maybe had broken arm or leg or whatever through adolescence, when you were going through puberty, all the the ways that your body has grown with you and been there all along, like your best friend. And it's just, it's just really amazing when you get to that point. I really do get (laughs) chill bumps thinking about it because it's like just incredible. It is incredible that our body houses, our beating heart and that it is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Oh, this was such great advice. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on today that we haven't talked about yet? You know, I just really think that taking care of your mind as a mama and as an entrepreneur is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. It mm-hmm. is the ultimate self-care and it's not glamorous and it's not pretty a lot of times, but we can do hard things and h- uncomfortable thoughts when we really let ourselves think about them. They don't hurt us. They don't kill us. Actually, when we allow ourselves to think about them and do the work, that's how we begin to diminish those, um, those kind of thoughts. So I just want to say to the mamas and entrepreneurs out there, take care of your mind. And again, this could be a whole nother podcast episode, but with being an entrepreneur, you find yourself going through some of the same motions of how you speak to yourself and how you diminish yourself as you do as a woman with her body, right? Like you start Mm -hmm. to really self doubt, have the self doubt and things. So taking care of your mind, being this mamapreneur or whatever you want to call it, um, is everything in my opinion. Yeah. 100%. Because it is, as entrepreneurs, especially ones who work in the digital and online space, we can get so sucked into our computers. And next thing you know, five hours have passed and you literally have not moved. Um, (laughs) You know, and it's like taking your body. I feel seen. I feel seen. (laughs) (laughs) That you have to be like, hey, kind of like TikTok tells me if you're a good listener to this podcast, you've heard me talk about that TikTok tells me I have to go outside, get a drink of water and like go do some get up. And sometimes I wish that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we could somehow have something that's like, hey, go outside, get a drink of water, go move your body and then come back. Um, Yes. Because you can, like sometimes our health is the last thing that we always think about. So yeah, yeah, Uh, for sure. This was so good. And I hope that there are other moms that get advice out of this and feel like they're not alone in what they are feeling in their body. Um, So the last question I always ask everyone is if you had advice for someone who's deep in the little years of motherhood, if you could go back and tell the Susie who had the babies, you know, with your daughter and things like that, what would you tell that Susie? Yeah, I would say the, the tagline that I say is the magic to everything. And that is love your life here, love yourself here. And that means stop looking ahead to when your daughters start sleeping, stop mm-hmm. wishing that, you know, now she, the colic was gone, stop wishing. And I know that that sounds 
counterintuitive. When you're going through those hard things, it's, it's the pits. But what happens is when we're constantly wishing away the hard parts of littles Mm -hmm. is that we really miss out. I have such a hard time. And this is the episode that I listened to that really spoke to me of yours. I have such a hard time remembering my daughter's childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was, it, she was a, she was a difficult, um, a difficult infant. She had a lot of health problems and things like that. And I would give anything to be able to remember some of those things. And I think part of it was I was constantly wishing away to the next phase. Um, so it's just, I know this is a cliche thing to say, but it's really be present in it all in mm-hmm. the hard in the sleepless and the uncomfortable, it's be present. I'm not telling you you have to be happy in it because we're not, you know, we're we're not entitled to be happy all of the time. Mm-hmm. It's really accept the 50-50 of 50% joy and great and 50% hard and suck mm-hmm. and just be in it. And that will help you when you stay through, you know, present through the hard, it will help you appreciate that joy and good so much more. And I really believe help you have those fond memories when your kids grow up way too fast and suddenly they're in fourth and first grade and you can't remember those little years anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I feel all of that. And, um, I'm so thankful for you t- for sharing your heart with me and with my community. And if they want to connect with you after this podcast, where can they find you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. This has been such a great conversation. Um, you can find me, I hang out mostly on Instagram at Susie Trig Tucker. I'm also on Facebook at Susie Trig Tucker. And I have a Facebook page called Love Yourself Here Society, where I do live coaching um, every week. So I'd love to have you there. And thank you so much for having me. I just I just love you and hit it off so well with you. And this was great. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years podcast. If you loved this episode, would you take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform? If you're over on Instagram, I would love for you to tag us at the Busy Years Podcast and tag me at Michelle Ann Hagen. I would also love if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode. By doing that, it helps me to be able to create other amazing episodes just like this and help get the word out about this podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me at Michelle Ann Hagen, or you can join our Facebook community called the Busy Years Podcast Community. You can find that located on my Facebook page, or if you head to the link in my Instagram bios, you will be able to connect to us there. I can't wait to be able to meet you and to put a face to the listener. We'll see you next time, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? That you can take action in the middle of motherhood? I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.